let's talk about Romans. Um, I'm going to say every time I read Paul, I feel like I just am like hanging on for dear life um, because he just goes um, and he covers so much ground. Uh, so I think it's really true with this slice of Romans that we're going to talk about today. Um, so I want to say off the bat that I could preach like a hundred different sermons on these 14 verses of Romans, um, but there is really one aspect of this passage that felt really resonant for me and I think for all of us this morning, um, and that is the idea of being in between, um, in the messy middle. So there's a fun word for in-betweenness, in-between places, um, and if you don't know it, I'm going to teach it to you right now. Um, it's called liminal space. Can someone say it with me? Liminal space. Oh, thank you. You're so, you're humoring me so well. Um, so it just means being in between two things. And I've got some slides. Okay, so liminal is from the Latin word limen, which is just the word for a threshold. And a threshold, if you don't know, is that little spot that the arrow is pointing to um, that is in a doorway. So if you are in that spot, you are not in, you are not out, you are in between. Liminal space. Um, I'm just gonna take this out. Um, okay. Where are we? Okay, let's go to the next one. So liminal spaces can be physical spaces, like hallways. It's a great example of a liminal space. Um, and here's another one. Liminal space. You're not at school. You're not at home. You're in between. Liminal space. Um, but the, and we can, yeah. Um, that's your vocabulary lesson for the day. Um, you can also use liminal space to describe time. So a lot of kids in this room are occupying a liminal space in time right now because you're done with third grade or whatever grade you just finished, but you're not yet in fourth grade or whatever grade you're going into. So you're in between. You are experiencing a liminal space, a liminal time. Um, maybe you're not a little kid anymore, but you're not a teenager. So you're kind of feeling in between. That is another liminal space that you kind of live through. Um, so hopefully you're starting to see that we find ourselves in many, many, many liminal spaces throughout our lives. Um, liminal spaces can be really exciting, but they can also be really stressful and difficult. Um, but Paul reminds us in this passage that we are not alone when we are in these spaces. Uh, sometimes we find ourselves in liminal spaces that are fun and exciting, like, Maybe you're in a program at school to learn a new skill so that you can start a career that you're super excited about. Um, maybe you're expecting a child. Maybe you're in the process of buying a house. Um, God bless you. Uh, these are all really joyful occasions. They're ones that are filled with excitement and anticipation. Um, and yet, we often feel stress and anxiety during these times. Change is hard. Waiting is hard. And waiting for a big change to happen, especially if you don't know exactly what life's going to be like on the other side of that change, can cause intense stress. Um, other liminal spaces that have all the stress but none of the excitement, um, things like a diagnosis or a layoff or an eviction can knock us flat 
Um, sometimes our liminal space is harder for others to see, like a long-held belief that you can't really hold anymore because you've been presented with some new information. Um, in all these situations, we try to wrap our minds around our new normal. I hate that phrase, new normal. Um, while we're also mourning this life that, that we had before everything changed. Um, we might feel sadness or confusion, and we can lose hope. Paul speaks of a cosmic liminal space that we are all living in right now. Um, it's the space between Jesus' time on earth, his birth, ministry, death, resurrection, ascension, and his return to restore all things. Paul describes clearly the ways that being in this in-between age impacts each of us internally and also impacts all of creation. Um, and just like our own personal experiences with liminal space, existing in this already and not yet kingdom can cause a jumble of emotions. Confusion, excitement, grief, anxiety, joy. It's a lot, y'all. Um, Paul gives us some really helpful reminders for getting ourselves properly oriented for this life in cosmic lim liminal space. First, he gives us this beautiful description of our place in God's family. I love the phrase he uses. He says that the Holy Spirit agrees with our spirit that we are indeed God's children. So Paul can be really intellectual and theologians and academics love Paul because he can be really intellectual. Um, but here we see Paul with all of his academic knowledge talking about something that is really experiential. Uh, we know with confidence that God is our divine parent who tenderly cares for us, not just because the Bible tells us so, but also because we feel a confirmation in our spirit that it is true. It makes me so grateful that we have a faith that has space for our whole selves. Our big, beautiful brains, and there's so many big, beautiful brains in this room and in Durham. We're always surrounded by big, beautiful brains. Um, but also for our hearts and our souls and our bodies. We don't have to leave any part of ourselves behind. Um, side note, if you ever worry that you are too much or not enough or that God doesn't really love you, I pray that you will experience that confirmation in your spirit that Paul is talking about here, that you can call on God as a loving parent who adores you simply because you are his child, um, that you will believe in your big, beautiful brain and in your big, tender heart, that you are precious and beloved because you exist, uh, that you don't have to produce anything or be anything other than you. Anyway, side note, um, even as we know in our knower that we are God's children, that we are no longer slaves to fear or selfishness, we still manage to hurt each other all the time. Ugh, liminal space, am I right? I feel this constantly. Um, I know that I am God's beloved child, and I still do and say things that hurt other people, and I participate in larger systems that hurt people. I am constantly having to stop and repair and repent and ask the Holy Spirit to help me do better. And that's the pain of being in this cosmic liminal space. Internally, we yearn to love as Jesus loves, and when we fail, it hurts. It hurts other people, and it hurts us. 
And that's when we've got to come back to that grounding knowledge of our own belovedness and everyone else's belovedness in order to have the courage to keep going. So Paul also talks about creation as being in liminal space. Um, creation is God's good gift. The natural world provides life and beauty to us all the time. If you think back to your earliest memory of a time when you felt some kind of connection to God, it was probably in nature. Creation fills us with wonder in a way that few things can. And yet, creation is broken. It doesn't take much to see that creation suffers under the weight of generations of collective human selfishness. And by God's grace, I pray that we will stop and repent and repair and do better when it comes to caring for the natural world. So we live in this tension where we know things aren't the way they should be, and we aren't the way we want to be, but at the same time we have hope, Paul says, because we know that Jesus will return and set everything right. Everything will be renewed and restored. No more war or gun violence or hatred or greed or cancer or islands of plastic floating in the ocean. Just goodness and beauty and truth. And while we live in this liminal space, we have something to do. We prepare for and contribute to God's dreams for the future by sowing seeds of God's kingdom right now. God is in the process of making all things new, but the work is not done. And we are invited to join in that work that our Heavenly Father is doing to renew all things. And if you're thinking, Psh, how am I going to help God renew all things? Well, you, as a beloved child of God, are uniquely qualified for this work because you bear a family resemblance to your Heavenly Father. It's called the Imago Dei, the image of God, and you've got it. It makes you the perfect vessel for bringing Christ's light into dark places. I hope you'll consider the ways that God might be calling you to participate in the renewal of all things in your corner of the world. It doesn't have to be big. Um, it's about noticing where your Heavenly Father is at work and responding to the invitation to join in. Now, as I've talked about different examples of liminal space, you may have noticed I left out a big one. Um, the liminal space that our congregation occupies right now. I don't think any of us really wanted to be an object lesson of a difficult transition into an unknown future, but here we are, family. <laughs> um, we know that our time in this place is growing short, and we didn't choose to leave here. Our vision and planning oak and the invitation that was extended to us by the elders of Lakewood Baptist Church was for us to remain planted here indefinitely. Um, and those of us that have shared in that vision and dreamt of our future here have had to mourn the loss of that dream. Uh, if you're newer to Oak, it may seem silly, but um, many of us have gone through all the stages of grief over this moldy, leaky, creaky old building. Um, and while we've been grieving, we've had to keep going, uh, just like one always does in liminal spaces. We keep moving forward and sowing seeds of God's kingdom along the way. Chris reminded me this week that whether we sow with tears or with joy, we're still sowing seeds and the harvest can still bear fruit. Thanks be to God for that. Um, so as we live out this time between being planted here and being planted over at the shopping center, um, we don't have to feel alone. 
Paul reminds us that liminal space is hard. There is suffering here, and there is also hope. As disappointing and quite frankly unfair as losing this building has been, I'm excited to see what comes next. Oak has always been filled with people who are in transitional phases in their personal lives, um, folks in graduate programs especially, who only stay with us for a short time because they're only in Durham for a short time. Um, so in a way, Oak is always really close to these liminal spaces. Uh, and as a result, we are always growing and changing and being renewed and reborn as people come and go. Um, every goodbye has been hard, uh, but the hellos are always worth it. Uh, I'm so grateful for all the people that we've welcomed, even briefly, because we are enriched by their presence in ways that live on long after they leave. So for all of us to move together, um, even if it's just down the street, uh, it feels like an invitation for a community-wide renewal, um, maybe even a kind of rebirth. I find myself wondering what it is about Oak that is most reflective of our good and beautiful God. What is it that we need to carry with us and build on as we move down the street? And likewise, I wonder if there's anything we can leave behind. Are there attitudes or assumptions or ways of being as a community that we don't need anymore? Is there anything new we're being called to embrace? I don't know the answers to these questions, um, but the idea of exploring them with all of you is something that fills me with hope. And even though I don't have a clear vision of what Oak is gonna look like uh, five years from now, I'm willing to wait with patience and joyful anticipation. I hope that as you travel through the liminal spaces in your own lives, and as we travel through this liminal space together as Oak folk, um, you'll allow yourself to tend to your feelings around what you're being called to let go of. Um, we will have some time and space specifically for some of that work of tending to our feelings around the building next week during the service. Um, I also hope that you can say goodbye to what we're leaving behind with gratitude. I found that working on my submission to our memory book has really helped to remind me of all the ways that God has blessed this community during the years we've occupied this physical space. Um, stopping to give thanks for the ways God has been faithful in the past never fails to give me confidence that God will continue to be faithful in the future. It's one thing to know that God is faithful generally, but when we stop and remember all the particular ways that God has been faithful to us personally, it can be a really powerful source of strength and comfort in the face of adversity. So I hope you'll take advantage of these opportunities to make space for grief and gratitude during this transitional time in the life of our church. Because once we finish tending these things, I think we'll be more ready to turn toward the future with the confidence of little children holding our parents' hand. Because while I don't know exactly what the future looks like for us, I know that our call to sow seeds of hope and healing and hospitality in and through Christ is not going to change. I also know that our identity as beloved children of God is not going to change. So whatever is next, we are not alone. We have each other and we have God with us who has a lot of experience leading people through liminal spaces. We're in good hands. And I'm gonna pray for us with some words from this book that is really amazing. Highly recommend. Oops. It's okay. This is a prayer for beginnings and endings. 
This life is made up of so many things, of so many beginnings and so many endings. We start new jobs and leave old ones. We move to new cities and leave our childhood hobbies in our parents' basement. Sorry, Mom. We become new people slowly, hopefully kinder and funnier. Friends and relationships come and go. Dreams blossom and then they wither. And we find ourselves here once again at the precipice of a change, afraid to let go and afraid of what will happen if we don't. Might this be a place of blessing too? Blessed are we standing in the hallway between closed doors and one still to come between the old and the new, between the worn in and the doesn't quite yet fit, between who we were and who we might become. God, make it remotely possible to grow and change, become open to new adventures and untethered to routine or, or to the same old, because the anxiety rising in my shoulders and filling my throat tells me I am unlikely unwilling to step forward. Blessed are we who take a minute to look over our shoulder at all we learned from what was, the people we became, the people who loved us into becoming, the peace that came with familiarity. Blessed are we who trust this timing and who open our hearts anew to change, to new friends, to hope, nervous, maybe heavy-hearted, but brimming with gratitude for a life so beautiful that it hurts to say goodbye. Blessed are we turning our eyes ahead toward a new path not yet mapped. God, give us courage to take this next step and enough for the one after that, too. Remind us that you have gone before and behind and around and are with us now. In our leaving, in our arriving, in our changes, expected or shocking, surprise us with who we might become. Amen.